1: Football. Hey, we're gonna get back to the show in just a second, but a quick shout out to Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Federated is here to help business owners, and they've been uh, they've been helping business owners in the state of Minnesota for over a hundred years. During pandemic periods and non pandemic periods, it really just helps tremendously to have an insurance company that gives you peace of mind as you navigate the challenges of running a business. When you partner with Federated, you get more than just a policy. You benefit from over a century of experience in making businesses as successful as they can be. Visit federatedinsurance.com to find your local representative. And remember, at Federated Mutual Insurance Company, it's our business to protect yours. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Join more of the things you love with TCL. Get in the know, nonstop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. But every year you just want to give yourself a chance in the playoffs, and then when it clicks, and I use Philly as a great example, they lost once that year, and Foles came in and was kind of struggling early, but all of a sudden he got hot at the right time and played his lights out, uh, which ended up beating New England up here in the Super Bowl. So as long as you can give yourself a chance to get in the playoffs, and, and then let's see what happens from there. Oh I he brought up the
2: Super Bowl that they didn't get into and we're one dude, game from and Nick I, and Nick Foles So wait, how can a guy I got a question. Before we start, I got a question.
1: Yep. By all means. are gonna yeah. We'll, how can yeah. a
2: how can a GM who's had Sean Mannion as his backup QB for two years now, okay? Reference what Philadelphia did when Carson Wentz got hurt with Nick Foles, who by the way has a lot of faults. But he is like the idea, he is an ideal backup guy to have. Cause if you have to plug and play, you can, right? How is he bringing that to, to me? That is damning. Like he is basically self reporting himself. I mean, you well, bring up there's Nick Foles. A, there's you so much Sean to unpack. Manion. There's I, I, so
1: much to unpack with that thing. So, real quick up. Phil Mackey, Judd Zulgette, Declan Goff, and, and we're going the, the, the majority of this episode is going to be centered around what people have been dying for us to dive more into. And it's left guards. It's offensive line free agent candidates. And so we've got some names. There's some things happening. We're going to get to that. It's Kirk Cousins Appreciation Week Mm -hmm. on the show here on Purple Daily. Um, Real quick before we even before we tell you about seltzers and all those things. I hate the fact that Rick Spielman in that pro football talk clip is using the lightning in a bottle example of to like validate what the Vikings are doing here. Yeah. Yep. Well, I mean that that one team caught lightning in a bottle. So all you have to do is go 10 and six and get Now they, by the way, they went 13 and three had a ferocious defense and most notably had a star young quarterback on a rookie scale contract. in Carson Wentz for the first, uh what 13 games of the regular season. And then Nick Foles took over, and caught that that was the lightning in a bottle part of it so really like if like the comparison there would be hey find your young quarterback that makes five million dollars to the salary cap build a great roster around it and then hope that you get some luck in the playoffs too it's not just well you
2: just got to get in and and see what what happens and what did that team have as well as i recall an offensive line that kicked ass like a really good off (laughs) like like he's referencing something they're not even close to being yeah and, and he Man. references the Super Bowl that was played here, which, by the way, you could have been in. Yeah, That's like reminding you of your divorce or something. It's like, yeah, I'm looking for a wife just like your wife was. I mean, it was great how you guys had a great relationship until she cheated on you. Look <laughs> like, What the hell? <laughs> Don't bring that up. Until oh, she left God. you with the kids and got custody, too. Do you, do you recall that? That's exactly what I want.
1: It was great. It was great. Well, you know, uh, whether the Vikings are whether we're whether we're cheersing Corona hard seltzers out of celebration or out of misery, Corona hard seltzer is the official hydration station for this show, Declan. Yeah,
0: I, I can tell you, you know, if if you're ranking these Corona hard seltzers, I mean, my my Pat Mahomes is the Blackberry Lime. I don't have a Sean Manning on this team. I don't have um, a Taylor Heineke on this team. I have four starters. I have four horses in the stable here, if you will of Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, i.e. your tropical lime, your mango, your cherry, and your blackberry lime. It, th- those are my four seltzer that I'm rolling with. Because it's the only hard seltzer made with pure beach fives because Corona hard seltzer is a tasty, spike, sparkling water with a splash of natural fruit flavor that allows you to enjoy the moment. In each can, Corona hard seltzer has zero carbs, zero sugar, 90 calories, and is gluten-free. Relax responsibly, Corona hard seltzer spikes, sparkling water with natural flavors. Imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois.
1: Also, congratulations to loyal listener Anthony Valento. He won $100 by using the Score North app today. Every day between now and March 26th, one person, because we're in a giving mood here all throughout the month of March, one person every day who opens the Score North app will win $100. And that person will also be entered to win a $10,000 prize pack from one of our nine partners. Open the Score North app, it's free to download register and enter the pick your prize contest. Bill, I've been doing to this. Listener rewards. I've
0: been doing this. Judd doesn't like it, but I keep, I keep pointing downwards. It's right in the comments, right below our, our bio. And and I'm, I'm not insinuating anything else. I'm okay. just saying it's literally right, right below us as you're watching the video. So you can enter right there. It just looks very suspect
1: right on. Yeah. It's just, he's pointing down below the fold. Yeah. And
2: I just, it looks, I, it just, looks I think a creepy. Can, I think people right can below. figure it out. You'll figure it. out. It's clearly working. It's clearly out. working, Declan. Yeah. Yeah, this is not a Saturday okay, night with okay. shots at the bar. Okay, oh, okay.
1: it's a family show.
2: <laughs> no. so, and no uh, boys, shots. let's um,
1: let's uh, let's give some love to the Vikings starting quarterback here as part of Kirk Cousins Appreciation Week. Like, y'all think we're Kirk haters and anti Kirk Cousins? No, we are pro Super Bowl championship, and so we're going to be hard on the most influential and highest-paid players on the roster. But this is a week to celebrate the Vikings quarterback. Yesterday, Declan put out uh, an amazing Kirk Cousins. He's got one of the highest quarterback ratings in NFL oh, history. Yeah. How about this one, okay? This is your Kirk Cousins appreciation stat of the week. All-time completion percentage. Kirk Cousins ranks third, just behind Drew Brees and Deshaun Watson. That's right. Kirk Cousins has the, uh, the third-highest completion percentage in NFL history, 67%. Just ahead of this list is kind of hilarious, actually. Mm-hmm. Deshaun Watson, Drew Brees, Kirk Cousins, Teddy Bridgewater is fourth on this Obviously. list. Obviously. Yep. Check down Teddy. Not surprised by that. Uh, Chad Pennington is the fifth oh, yeah. most accurate oh, quarterback.
0: Chad Pennington. Look, well, you can only throw 10 yards. Right. You yeah. but, <laughs>
2: but he was accurate. He was a smart just
1: quarterback. I feel like he tore his labrum nine times and was just, just still out there checking down. He was a quarterback.
2: At Marshall. <laughs> That's right. He was. He was Randy's guy.
1: Pat Mahomes, Dak Prescott, Kurt Warner, Matt Ryan, Peyton Manning, Tony Romo, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Philip Rivers round out the list there. So Kirk Cousins, third all time in completion percentage. And he's, I think, I, yesterday's sixth all time in passer rating. I don't know why you guys are so negative. Why you're stat- so hard on him. The stats, fan- the
2: stats are fantastic. The stats are absolutely great. I applaud his, his statistical output is truly, truly inspirational to all that follow it. It is. It is.
1: Um, this so, list, but like, you don't go. you love the fact this list literally has like nine Hall of Famers. And then in the middle of it, it's Teddy Bridgewater, Chad Pennington, Kirk Cousins is, is not quite. A, I think Kirk Cousins is somewhere between like Chad Pennington and Drew Brees. He's probably the exact middle point between Chad Pennington and Drew
2: Brees. But this is a hilarious list. So congratulations. Chad Pennington, I liked him a lot. I think I owned him in fantasy for a couple of years. There might be
0: some old tweets exposed of Declan really liking some Chad Pennington that I might have to dig up. Chad Pennington was was not bad. Don't be
2: down on yourself one bit. He was a very serviceable veteran, smart QB. You see, here's the thing. This league has changed so much that the Penningtons of the world used to be fine, right? Like, now you're like, Chad Pennington, what the hell, right? But it wasn't that that way before. This league has shifted so much, I would say, in the past 10 to 15 years as far as expectation of quarterback play. Like, think back to the 90s, Phil, and the guys that were like, oh, yeah, he's good, he's fine.
1: Yeah, dude, I remember thinking at times during, like, the T-Jack era, and I can't remember, it might have been, like, after Dante got hurt, I remember thinking, man, I wonder if the Vikings could get Chad Pennington come in here, yeah. throw some checkdowns, be I great. Love it. Declan, are you are you finding tweets? Are you finding old Chad Pennington no, tweets? No, I, I right
0: wish. Now? I wish. You know, it actually segues perfectly because we're about to get in some offensive line targets, and another guard literally just hit the open market as we uh, started recording Ooh. here. Yeah, let's do it. Set us up. Okay, so Tom Pelissero is reporting that Falcons guard. What do we got here? James Carpenter is leaving the Fal- He's being cut by the Atlanta Falcons, and another guard will hit the open market for the Vikings to possibly target. Uh, the Falcons are releasing veteran guard James Carpenter. Source said that's according to Tom Pellicero, friend of the show. Okay. So, another target for the Vikings to possibly bolster that line.
1: So, that's a good. So, uh, we're going to bring a few offensive line names to you on this episode that are of note, but just some notes on James Carpenter. So, 32 years old. This dude's six foot five, 320 pounds. Uh, former ally he was drafted out of Alabama back in 2011. His PFF grades have not been kind the last few years. Okay. He was, he is a left guard and he is better than Dakota Dozier. So let's start there. All right. But he has been, he has been mostly below average overall in all blocking categories since 2016 when he was with the New York jets. Um, his peak was 2015, 16. So it's possible that Carpenter is just sort of, past the point where he would be a huge upgrade at left guard, but literally anyone would be an upgrade at left guard. What's over the past, what Dakota Dozier gave you last year? So, what's
2: Carpenter's pass protection grade?
1: So on a one to 100 scale. Yeah. And I think I want to say Dozier's was like 40 or like, it's like, well, it's below 50. It's, it's a train wreck. Mm-hmm. Um, 61.9 last year, 46 in 2019, which was really bad. Yeah, and then seventy seventy two 72 in 2018. So. Again, better than Dakota Dozier, but he's going to be 32 years old, and um, I'm, I'm guessing you're probably not going to have to pay a ton of money to get James Carpenter. But he is an option. He is out there, <laughs> former first round pick. Here's here, here's a few other names for you guys. All right, I just I, I want to throw out two specifically that I think are interesting. One that you're going to maybe raise your eyebrows at because it's it would be an unconventional situation. But um, Brandon Scherf is now off the board. So for for those of you scoring your your left guard free agency options at home, Brandon Scherf, mostly a right guard. He was the top-rated offensive guard according to Pro Football Focus and the and Washington is uh, is going to franchise him. So he's off the board. Mm-hmm. Joe Thuney, who is the 13th overall free agent available according to PFF, is not going to be franchised by the Patriots, so he will hit free agency estimated he's going to get 14, $15 million a year on a multi-year contract. Vikings have to clear a ton of space to make room for Joe Thune. Okay. So I want to set it up by saying those were the two prime guys on the market in free agency. One of them not available anymore. The other one, you got to clear a lot of money, maybe even like an Anthony Barr or a Kirk cousins restructured, even be in the conversation. I think the list for the Vikings realistically starts with this guy, the third, Uh, Now that Scherf is off the board, this is the second highest graded uh, offensive guard available, 96th overall free agent, Matt Filer. I don't know how much you guys have paid attention to the Pittsburgh Steelers interior offensive line, but when you have a big, giant, immobile quarterback like Ben Roethlisberger, you have to have some pretty good protection for sure in those middle three spots. And, uh, And Matt Filer is 29 years old, 75 pass blocking grade the last two years, according to Pro Football Focus, which is really, really good. He has been an above average player, and at times even better than an above average player, at the Vikings' weakest position of left guard. And Pro Football Focus estimates a two-year, $12 million contract for him. I don't know. He's a huge guy. I don't know how well he fits into the Vikings' zone run blocking scheme, but if you're just looking for a left guard to fill space, and protect Kirk Cousins up the middle, this would be a huge... I think Thune's better, but Matt Filer would be a huge, huge upgrade over Dakota Dozier for a lot less money. Your thoughts? Football.
2: I want to delve into what I, I think um, before we start talking about specifics of names, what I think is the most important part of this discussion and uh, where I believe the Vikings need to pivot in what they're looking for, okay? So... Mm-hmm. Phil, you broached the topic of the zone-blocking scheme, which is we want athletic guys that can pull, and we want them to get them downfield when, you know, when Dalvin has the ball. Because on, on second down and 18, we're going to run, and we want those athletic offensive linemen, and especially the guards, um, to be able to move. And this goes back to the draft, um, is it now three or four years ago, where where they had a high second-round pick, and there was a run on guards and linemen. And the Vikings passed on on Will Hernandez, who was taken by the Giants, because Will Hernandez, the Vikings said was not a scheme fit, okay? I'd like to shoot down scheme fits in this way. I don't you need to, if your whole thing is we are willing to have Dakota Dozier start because how he looks and how he potentially can play, he'd not achieve it, um, is closer to what our scheme is, then you need to rethink your scheme ideas. So this can be look. You can't have, and I'm going to defend him, you can't have Kirk Cousins be your QB and find a guy who can protect him and say, yeah, but that's not really how we play. We need, because we like to run on third and 75, we need Dalvin Cook to have a guy that can be athletic enough to block for him. So I really think where this needs to become a very important discussion with uh, Spielman and Zimmer and Clint Kubiak is this. Okay, your scheme's your scheme, and that's cool. That's fine. And I understand what you want to do. But that being said, part of the problem has been we've been plugging in pieces that frankly aren't very good just as a way because you eyeball them and say they fit my scheme. This, you've got, you have to, I mean, everyone who is successful does this adjust and adapt. And until you're willing to do that. So, so you're telling me, Will Hernandez, who's a good football player, Is not a scheme fit. Can't play for my team. Okay, I don't like to look at it that way. Who can do the best job possible protecting Kirk Cousins? Because Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, and especially the blind side, at the end of the day, Dalvin Cook's good. And Dalvin Cook can do what he can do. Um, Kirk Cousins has liabilities that we've seen and that we know what those are. And so, if you say, "Yeah, you know what? I'm I'm going to plug in this left guard, Phil, because he can do what we need." Are you really thinking that through? So yep. that you know what the scheme I'm, thing I mean is a very intriguing and interesting part of this conversation.
1: I'm glad you brought this up because the, the I I will defend Rick Spielman for a lot of things. I think people, you know, he's not a perfect general manager, but nope general managers whiff on things. Bill Belichick is is has become a terrible drafter, right? Like. So I think I think Spielman by and large has done a great job for a decade plus building competitive rosters. Like this team almost always has a competitive roster. They're not really in danger of going 3 and 13 like some franchises and so Rick deserves credit for that. One of the biggest holes in his game I think is how often he veers away from giving the quarterback the most important position in professional sports, the resources that that quarterback needs. So Let's go back to Teddy Bridgewater for a second. The Vikings draft a first-round young potential franchise quarterback in Teddy Two Gloves. And and this is now going back to, what, 2013? A quarterback who in college played almost every snap exclusively out of shotgun and pistol formations, right? Sit back, spread the field, three, four, five wide receivers, clap my hands snap me the ball and let me survey everything from the get-go. I never really have to do traditional eye formation, play action, etc. I'm always in command and surveying and I'm driving the ball wherever I want to. He gets drafted by the Vikings. And rather than saying, all right, we got this guy. He's not comfortable with what, what we've been doing with Adrian Peterson is eye formation or single setback play action under center because that's the way like Peterson feels uncomfortable taking handoffs out of the pistol and the shotgun. So we got to go under center so we can get a full head of steam. And rather than saying, all right, this is a new era of Vikings football, a pass centric era. We're going to put resources around the quarterback. We're going to run a scheme that he feels comfortable in. They said, Teddy, great to have you, buddy. This is awesome. So we know that you've never taken a snap in your life under center. So this is going to be weird, but like we needed to do that because Adrian's the show. And it kind of feels like they're doing something similar here in that, well, Dalvin Cook is the show because he's one of the best running backs in the NFL. He's one of the highest paid running backs. And uh, so I know, Kirk, you'd like to have better pass protection over here, but we need nimble offensive linemen that are run-blocking first and centric, and then we'll worry about protecting you later, right? Right. Like, this has been a theme for Rick Spielman for a long time. It's not draft the best offensive lineman to block uh, for your quarterback. It's not put the right scheme around your young quarterback to make him feel comfortable. It's literally, uh, let's just sort of, let's see if they're a fit in the scheme that I want to run regardless of talent level or whether it makes sense. So um, I, I'm glad you brought it up.
2: It's the coach though too, right? Cause I, I mean, the coach is wed to the run. He is, I'm, mm-hmm. I I want to run. I've got AP, uh, now cook. And this is what this is where I'm very confused about what the conversations internally with this franchise are like, because the GM should say, Mike, okay, defensively you're good. Offensively, what you're doing does not resemble what anybody else who is successful is trying to do. And that, and by the way, that does not mean you can't run the football. Okay, that does not mean that you abandon the option completely.
1: But if successful you- being Super Bowl. Like yeah, right, he might right. say, what do you mean? Right, but I, uh, I mean, the, There's teams that win 10 games doing it this I'm way. The G-
2: I'm the GM. All I care about is championships. Like I am the guy who is supposed to look and say, you look short term. That's cool. That's fine. I'm looking long term. And by the way, I've got final say, like it's my say. And to win a championship, I am not telling you, Mike, that you can't run because you certainly can. But I am telling you that this league is no longer geared towards that. And that we need to, when we, when I get you a QB, we need to start with the premise of what can we do to make him successful, and then it all trickles down from there. Like, everyone else can have success, too. That's great. That's cool. But if it's Teddy or if it's Kirk, and the thing that amazes me is you you've now signed Kirk to two huge contracts. And, again, I'll defend him. I do not think – now, do I think that Kirk can win a championship, a Super Bowl? I personally don't. But what you need to do is you need to put him in the best position possible to at least fail that, to do that, right? Like, yeah, like you, sure. Like, you need to say, Kirk, I am going to give you every ingredient that you could possibly want and have. And instead, it's like my the coach who I work with says, yeah, but what about the run game? What about Cook? What about, uh, you know, play action so great and this is so great? And, I'm, and I would say, hold on a second here. Wait, 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 wait. We've got Thielen, who's still productive and good. Jefferson, a budding star. And by the way, we have him because you essentially, with your scheme and system, chased off the last guy who was a, a star. And just quickly, too, just an aside, because this drives me crazy now. Okay, Justin Jefferson's great, and he was a great find, and, and bravo to everyone who succeeded there. Um, but can we please stop with, well, the Diggs thing turned out fine. You chased off a superstar,
1: okay? You got, luck- you got lucky. You got
2: lucky, right. But, I mean, eventually that doesn't turn out fine. Like, eventually that's, oh, my God, look at him and look at what we got, right? So let's stop with Diggs being gone is just fine. What started that is not fine. OK, so but all of these things start with your quarterback. And again, I would say no matter what Clint Kubiak wants to do, if I am plugging in a scheme fit at left guard instead of the best damn left guard that I possibly can afford to get, I'm making a mistake.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and so I don't think you're going to be in the Thune. Like, I think I think you're right for you to, for you to get to that Thune level of fourteen, fifteen million 15 million dollars cleared out you're saying goodbye, uncomfortable goodbyes, right? Like Anthony Barr, you're making a trade. You're restructuring Kirk and putting more money into age 35 season. And so Matt Filer makes a lot of sense. I have another name that's not a guard, but he is an offensive lineman, and I want you to walk down this path with me for a second. And that name is brought to you by a Our friends at Whamatek, a local company, are here to help you with your broken down phones, tablets and laptops. Can't help you with a broken down left guard. Unless that guard has a broken phone, in which case Whamatech can help. It's great. So Whamatech is a trusted supplier of pre-owned cell phones, tablets and laptops. You know, when uh, when the coach gets mad watching the offensive line film and slams the tablet to the ground.
2: Aaron Rodgers you know, once slammed one a, down.
1: You might need a new one. Broken. And so Whamatek sources pre-owned devices directly, and they pass the savings on to you. Whamatek, a local company that will take care of your technological needs. Buy, sell, trade in. Whamatek.com. That's dot com. Okay, boys. We spend a lot of time talking about how bad Dakota Dozier is and how urgent the need to upgrade that position is. We don't spend a lot of time talking about how bad Garrett Bradbury also is. And Garrett Bradbury, the last couple of years, has been one of the worst pass blockers in the NFL. Now, he sh- he showed some signs of improvement last year, but Garrett Bradbury gets forklifted off the line of scrimmage on a regular basis and has largely not been very good at his job. So the guard pool of free agents is really thin. Um, of, of the top 100 overall free agent uh, options, PFF only has like three guards in that mix. They've got a lot of centers, including 29 year old Corey Lindsley from Green Bay.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He's graded as the best center in the NFL right now. I'm just going to read you what PFF says about Corey Lindsley, and then we can walk down this path. Lindsley is the best center on the market. He's been one of the most dependable pivot men in the league since 2014, and he's been at his best in 2020. Lindsley has been outstanding in pass protection all season allowing just four pressures on 437 pass-blocking attempts in 2020. Let me repeat that. Think about how many times Kirk Cousins was running from his life due to up-the-middle pressure, like where the play is just over. When you're Kirk Cousins and there's immediate pressure up the middle, the play is over. On 437 pass-blocking attempts last year, he allowed four pressures, and he's also a strong run blocker. You could make a case that if there are more and there's a by the way, there's there's just a smattering of good above average, in this case, elite centers in the NFL. I get that you're not just going to get rid of Bradbury because he still has a cap hit that uh, is going to ding you. But could you could you would you wave the white flag on him? Would you admit that you whiffed on a first round pick um, for the sake of bringing in? An, and by the way, the projected contract here is three years, 33 million. So less than Joe Thune is projected to get. So about $11 million a year. So it's actually fairly manageable. You could probably make some tweaks here and there and some restructures to Harrison Smith and uh, and some others. I would consider doing this. It doesn't fix your left guard problem, but maybe, I don't know. Can you get creative? Does Garrett Bradbury become... Uh, a candidate to play some left guard too. Does he become a backup plan? and a swing guy? Does he become your Ryan Cook, basically, from ten years ago?
2: Yeah, but the problem there is, um, if if you you could put your pride aside and swallow hard, you would have a possibility there. But I mean, we are talking about a first round pick, and, and I I think their so I think their move and why they need to should and likely will make some type of investment at left guard is because I think the hope and and basically the prayer, because it's it's come down to that as far as pass protection goes, will be that a really solid left guard improves Bradbury at center. Um, if, if Bradbury were a second or third round pick, I think there's a good chance he at least gets serious competition in 2021 for the job. But Phil, he's a first-round pick,
1: and and he, I and he's a very good run. He's a good run yeah, blocker. but he's I, a good run blocker.
2: But because of that, and because that pick was so forced, like that was for all of the BS about you know we always draft the best player. It's on our board, best player, right? It's a bunch of crap. They often take guys that fit their immediate need, and in this case, that's why they took him. But. I think with the circumstances surrounding him, their last real hope as far as Bradbury improving in pass protection is going to be that paying a left guard to come in and having that left guard, and then my guess it's Cleveland at right guard still is going to stabilize Bradbury. Mm-hmm. That's my guess.
1: Yeah, I mean that would be. I think I think in an ideal world you would just you would just go get a really good free agent left guard. You'd like, you'd get one of the two remaining guys in the PFF top one hundred and Bradbury would get better just playing with better left and right guards, and, like, you would move forward, right? That would be the best play. But if you whiffed on these guards next week, if you whiffed on the two – if you whiffed on – like, that's the thing. Like, if you don't get Filer or Thune
2: – I think guards are going to be left go, though. Because teams have to and, cut And down. that's what you have
1: to hope for, too. Yes. Yeah.
2: Teams are going to teams – teams are going to make cuts going in uh, to this league year that they previously have not had to make. Well, yeah, I think you're
0: 100 right. And another offensive lineman has just entered the free agent pool as we're recording again. Kyle Long is un, is returning to the NFL. He's a three time pole <laughs> bowler. No he's thing. 315 pounds. I believe he's 35 years old. Yeah. But he is returning to the NFL. Was he? Would he be willing to sign a little easy make good contract? You know what though? That's
2: that's just uh, that's just a hope signing though. Like I, I need more stability than that. Yeah. I, I don't need a guy coming back now. If he wants to sign and try and make it, that's fine. But we're talking. But we are talking about getting out of the damn kiddie pool here and diving into the adult pool and making a real move.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I, I want to say since we're we're this is sort of an audit because we're, what we're talking about is the Vikings' biggest flaw during the Rick Spielman era, which is they've had terrible pass protecting offensive lines. That is his. People talk about well, he can't find a quarterback. I mean, Teddy will never know. Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback. I think. I think Spielman gets a little too much flack because of the ponder whiff. But um, I'm not saying I'm not saying he's a guru. I'll never but he, but, but Kirk Cousins has been a good quarterback. Yeah. Case Keenum, was a find. Like he deserves some credit for Case Keenum. Uh, Bradford was fine in a season. The offensive line is the audit. Like you know, th- this is this is the thing that he has been so bad at for so long it's time to just find a solution at left guard. But the bigger, deeper rooted problem is that they can't develop the guys that they bring in. Like the fact that they've whiffed on, you know, some of these mid round guards that you see, like Willie Beavers was a fourth round pick, right? Uh, Dakota Dozier was a later round pick. Like the fact that these guys come in and they're not even like league average for a few years. And then you find the next one. They are unplayably bad at these positions. That's amazing to me. Garrett Bradbury and Dakota Dozier are two of the worst pass blocking offensive linemen in the league. What does that say for your scouting abilities, for your development abilities?
2: It says These this. Guys, like
1: you're trying to you're trying to win a Super Bowl right now, right? And you've got two of the worst pass blocking offensive linemen in the NFL.
2: But it says this. They are they are honestly looking at players as, as what prototype fits what we do, not who's the best. I, it's clear. Like you would you would have to work to whiff this hard. What they are doing though is they are starting with the premise of our head coach likes to run, so who's athletic enough to help block for the run? Which, which, if this was 1976, and I I was wearing disco a disco shirt and and really weird pants, would be awesome. Like it'd be like, yeah, that that makes a lot of sense, Mike Zimmer. But it doesn't make sense, and you don't sign a quarterback to the contracts that they've signed Kirk to to then say. But Kirk can fend for himself. Because that's sort of what they're saying. Because, Phil, you're right. I, this is so simple. The game has changed in a lot of ways, all right? But one is the interior pressure now is really good athletes, like it didn't used to be. And and it's now guys that will kick your ass. They're huge men, but they can rush. Um, and so, so instead of adjusting and saying, okay, Kirk can't handle that. By the way, lots of guys can't. That's not a Kirk thing. Um so what what do we do? They say, yeah, but when we run the ball on second fourteen, who's going to block for Dalvin the best? That's really what they mm-hmm. say. So so mm-hmm. it it's um that's what drives me nuts is nobody is sitting down and saying we need to sort of rethink how we think this.
1: It- I just pulled it up by the way, just for fun. So pressure is allowed by guards and centers. That's not going to be fun. Did- Dakota Dozier led the NFL in pre- in interior pressures allowed with 46. Yeah. Now that might not, that might not seem like a lot. You'd be like, oh, it's only like three a game. <laughs> okay, but you know if if one of those ends a drive in the second half or right, it's it it matters over time. It's 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 sort of like in baseball where well, like an umpire only blows like one call every month or every two weeks. Yeah, well, like that costs the team a game, right? Yeah. So uh he had 46 pressures allowed. The next worst offensive lineman interior was Zach Fulton from Houston and he allowed 39. Uh Garrett Bradbury allowed he was 14th on the on the list of most pressures allowed on the interior with 29 and and I'll tell you like it's you see a lot more pressures on the outside cuz you've got those the there's just these guys are coming at you from Sometimes when, when defensive linemen or when the uh, edge rushers, they'll line up, you know, f- five yards out to the right to get a running head start to bull rush somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, so when it happens on the interior, you're just getting like you're you're in such close quarters. You're literally just getting manhandled back into the quarterback.
2: That's the, right. You, you're on top guys. of the quarterback in a split second there. Like there's yes. no time to buy time.
1: Yes, like at least on the edge, you can sort of backpedal your way and maybe like shift his direction or something, not on the interior. So anyways, it's Kirk Cousins Appreciation Week, so we're pointing out the reasons why Kirk Cousins doesn't have the best chance uh, with his interior offensive line being a train wreck. Anything else to add? I think we've thrown out a couple of interesting names. There's a couple couple names hit the market on the show that we're doing here today.
2: Why why is Long coming back?
0: What dude? You retired. Just stay. stay he saw reti- Dakota Dozier play, and he said, "I can do better Just than that." Stay, no, and that's what he's doing. You know doing.
2: what? Just stay retired. It's a brutal sport. Don't come back. Just ask <laughs> Brett Favre. Okay. So,
1: yeah, ask Brett Favre. i I love Brett Favre to come back and play for someone.
2: He, he could. Should, you know
1: who, who should? Who should sign Brett Favre?
2: He could. You know, with that arm,
1: I bet he could. He had an so offensive slain. line. Okay. Yeah. If he had. If he had Dakota Dozier as his left guard, I think it'd be right. where would be he be problematic?
2: Where would he be good? Cause he'd have to play indoors league. or in the South. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I wouldn't what want like, to, okay. Chicago what, what, the like, weather.
1: You, you wouldn't get 16 games out of him, but do you guys think legitimately, if you said, all right, we're going to give you two months to warm up yep. and to go through some practice, and study playbook, it'll be a playbook you're familiar with. Oh yeah.
2: You, and you and we happening. just
1: need, we just need like, we need two months. Oh, I got the team. Of great play from you, including playoffs.
2: I got the team. Now they they've solved their problem, but it would have been perfect. The Colts. Wow. Indoors Just right in there. Good team. Right? Like there's a lot, there's a lot of qualities that, that the Colts could have used them for.
1: I love it. I bet he still got the let, arm. Dead serious. Let me see. Who are the best pass blocking offensive? Oh my God. The best pass blocking offensive line in the NFL. This should we should have known. The Cleveland Browns.
2: Ah. Oh, come on. They got Baker.
1: If you if you subbed out Baker Mayfield for yeah, a on no.
2: Wintertime outdoors, though you gotta have them in the <laughs> yeah. south or indoors. So, well, I games. don't know, I think
0: he's actually. That's what I it is. is. <laughs> you know what?
2: That's the plan, the Favre home plan. So, like, if you're the Colts, you say, "Brett, need eight games from you, just eight. all indoors, because we're not going to ask you to go outside and play."
1: Just eight games. Wear your mega we'll hat, Carson,
2: and then we'll have Carson
1: <laughs> wear your mega
2: hat. Yeah, <laughs> Trump can go to the games. He's got plenty of free time.
1: Amazing! All, All right, right, that's a wrap on today's episode of Purple Daily Daily Vikings Entertainment and Accountability in your podcast feed and uh, and also just before if you're if you're still hanging out with us here it means that you like us you really like us um, we really appreciate when you click the subscribe button on our YouTube page and when you give us a five star rating and a positive review on Apple it helps spread the word about the show and download that Score North app a central hub. For all of our Vikings content and Judd's written musings. So, uh, we'll do, uh, we'll do some more tomorrow. Write that down predictions tomorrow. See you guys.